You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Morris Kilver. <laughs> I'm Susie Hunt. That was fucking creepy. <laughs> but we are continuing our month of one and done slashers with episode 154, Dr. Giggles from 1992. It's an hour and 35 minutes directed by Manny Cotto, who basically did a lot of television stuff, but... He directed uh, some episodes of the, that old show, Monsters, from the 80s. Um, and he did one of my favorite Tales from the Crypt episodes, Morning Mess, uh, which is about a bunch of ghouls who are um, feeding off the homeless population. Uh, he also made the movie Star Kid, if you guys remember that from the 90s. But uh, let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks about this wacky 90s horror. Maurice, uh, we'll start with you today. What, what are your thoughts on this? Well... <clears throat> It was made for HBO, right? No, this went to theaters. No, it didn't. No, I'm pretty sure it did. That went to theaters? Yeah. <laughs> That's, I, I have to do. <laughs> That's got to be my laugh. That was a direct to like HBO movie when I'm that came sure, out. I'm pretty sure this was, yeah, uh, let's see. It, uh, October, 23, or October 23rd, 1992. Yeah, it was released in theaters. How much did it make? Uh, does it say here? 8.4 million. 8.4 million. Yep. Wow. People were stupid. (laughs) 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 I'd rather, I'd rather see men three times (laughs) than ever watch this movie again. I would rather watch Dr. Giggles. Dr. Giggles would be the movie if it was this or men. This would be the movie that would save me from Vecna. (laughs) If those are my only choices. (laughs) Oh, come on. You you didn't love its its, uh, extreme 90s-isms? No, it was a terrible movie. I mean, it it was funny at first, but throughout the movie, with his comebackers, it just got old real fast. All his doctor jokes? Yeah. It, His little one-liners. Yeah, they they overuse that way too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's not much good about this movie. It's, I mean, it's not I mean, the, the kills are pretty, you know, they're pretty cool. I just, the whole one-liners before the kills, it just kind of took me away. Um, so, yeah, I've seen it before, probably in the 90s. And it's probably my second or third time watching it. I'm good. I'm good with watching it. <laughs> so not a fan overall. There's a lot better movies I can find. Oh, yeah. I won't argue with you there. Well, Susie, what are your thoughts on this? I'm going to preface my initial thoughts with this. Don't go chasing nursery rhymes. Please stick to the pinheads and the Jasons you're used to. <laughs> See? Nice. Second episode back, and I got I got my stuff. I got my stuff. Got your singing game on. 
so this is not a good movie. This is what I would categorize as horribly, horribly awesome. I think the one-liners, just his deadpan, he just, his delivery is on point. I also now watch, this is probably the second or third time that I've seen this movie. I saw it when I was in high school. Um, But there's a lot of like correlations to other movies and other media properties Mm. to to coin a um, raised by rentals phrase. Listen to them too, guys. Um, But I, I find this movie funny. Shane was like, I was like, I got to watch my movie. This is yesterday after dinner. I'm like, got to watch my movie. He's like, I'm going to take the dog for a walk. So I started watching it. And then um, TJ, my mother-in-law's boyfriend came over to pick something up. So I was talking to him for a while and he was hoping that he would have been gone the whole movie. Mm -hmm. But he got to watch like probably the last third of it with me. (laughs) I don't know. I, this movie is just, it's campy. It's fun. The CGI, if you want to call it that, or special effects, really like with old lady Henderson and the tongue depressor, the very, <laughs> yeah. the very beginning, like those things have not aged, but it almost has like a Beetlejuice like feel to it, if yes. that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and I feel that the the music, especially like the opening music, I was like, am I watching Dr. Giggles or is this? 1989's Batman starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. <laughs> it did have a very Danny Elfman vibe to the music. It, it really did. I don't know. I This is not something that I'm probably ever going to seek out and be like, oh, you know what? I'm bored tonight. I'm going to watch Dr. Giggles. No. Hmm. But did I enjoy watching it? Yes. Was it completely different with a critical eye? Yes. But yeah. I, I, I liked it for what it was. And come on, I loved Roseanne growing up. I'm a ni- we're all 90s kids. Yep. And it has Mark from Roseanne, even though sadly he died of a heroin overdose in 2002. But yeah, actually, both him and Dr. Giggles himself are no longer with us. Yeah, they both did. See, now I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Susie. Like, I don't dislike this movie by any stretch of the word. I don't like watching it critically <laughs> because I feel like it really falls apart. This is the type of movie like, okay, Halloween's coming up. Everyone's going to be having little spooky get togethers. This is the type of movie you put on in the background when you have a crowd of people around and you just kind of laugh at the ridiculous fodder moments and the stupid one liners and you don't pay much attention to it. It's a popcorn movie. It's, it's very yeah. much a popcorn movie. Um, Stale. The... <laughs> I we, are, mean, we are a podcast divided. <laughs> I mean, I will give you this, Maurice. The jokes don't really land. <laughs> so, so yes, um, in that regard, it's not very funny. But some of it is so bad that it kind of circles back around. Like, I don't know. The final joke from Dr. Giggles actually did make me laugh. So, because it was just so dumb and it broke the fourth wall. Is there a doctor in the house? (laughs) Is there a doctor in the house? (laughs) It's so dumb that it made me crack up. But like, yeah, I I remember watching this. It's actually funny. This movie is heavily tied to Candyman for me because. I have a Candyman reference in this. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I rented both of these on the same night. 
I remember it was a Friday night. Me and my sister were looking for horror movies and both Dr. Giggles and Candyman were out. So we're like, let's get them both. We watched Dr. Giggles first and we're like, all right. And then we put on Candyman and we're blown away. So it was like we had one kind of just meh and one great horror movie. Like a bad opener. A, yeah. A very good, good, bad opener. And then like the the main act. Exactly. It's like, like that that opening band that has like one good song and everything else sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't hate the cast. In fact, there's a lot of people in this that I do like. It's... <sighs> it's just not a great horror film though. Like in the, in the pantheon of nineties horror movies, this is really low on the rungs. Um, there, there's so many better nineties horror movies that came out around the same time as this. So can I recommend it to people? Mm, I think if you're looking for something to throw on around Halloween, yeah, sure. Is it something I would, I personally will revisit again anytime soon? Probably not. Um, like I said, maybe in that event where I'm like, I'm just binging horror films while I draw or clean or do something else. Sure. Why not? I own it. So why not? But yeah, overall, not a great film, but it has its moments. Yes. So uh, let's, let's get into the cast here. We have, I was was just going to say, I think the movie I'm thinking about was uh, the dentist, not. um, Yes. The dentist. Oh. I remember that movie as well. <laughs> I think th- I think that was released straight to the HBO. It was, yeah. Um, oh. The dentist one and two. <laughs> oh. uh, they're both absolutely ridiculous movies. It's funny because after I watched this, because uh, I bought I bought it digitally on Amazon, because um, it was like four bucks. So I was like, screw it. It's it's like a dollar more to buy it than rent it. Um, but after after finishing it, it recommended The Dentist 1 and 2 and Man's Best Friend with uh, Lance Hendrickson, if you guys have ever seen that. Yeah. It's ba- basically Terminator Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into the cast, I just want to give, because I listened to, um, what was the last one from last month? I forget. Oh, um, Hobo with a Shotgun? Hobo with a Shotgun. I listened to Hobo with a Shotgun. I want to do a special shout out. Thank you to Mike O'May for filling in all month last month for me. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think that going forward, if he fills in for me, Mm. he should be Susie (laughs) 2.0. We both have, we, he has blonde hair. I have silver hair. We both wear glasses. We talk. We're human. (laughs) I mean, we just got to get him. We got younger than I am. Uh, I think so. Yes. See, see, he's younger than me. So we, we got to get him singing though. But thank you. I really appreciate you. Omay. And I listen to Count creepy head. Absolutely. Got some fun stuff coming up, but uh, yeah. So the, the cast is, like I said, it's pretty good. Uh, playing Dr. Evan Rendell. Also Dr. Giggles is Larry Drake, uh, who we would know from Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, Werewolf, that old 80s TV show that I'm always bringing up, uh, Darkman 1 and 2, L.A. Law, and two of my favorite Tales from the Crypt episodes, and All Through the House, which we actually covered on this show, where he plays the evil Santa, and The Secret, which is the one about the vampires who adopt a werewolf. Fantastic episode. Uh, but then we have um, Jennifer Campbell, played by Holly Marie Combs. We would know her from Picket Fences, Charmed, Grey's Anatomy, and Pretty Little Liars. She's in a lot of TV. 
Uh, Tom Campbell, played by Cliff DeYoung. He was in The Twilight Zone, Shock Treatment, the sequel to Rocky Horror. Um, the Hunger, Pulse, Murder, She Wrote, The Craft, and Carnosaur 2. So he has a great pedigree. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Max Anderson, played by Glenn Quinn, who we would know from Roseanne. He was also an angel and a great anthology movie that does not get enough love, Campfire Tales. Then Officer Joe Reitz, he was played by Keith Diamond, who we would know from Law and Order, ER, The Shield, Charmed, Weeds, Bones, and that movie Badass. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but it's, no. like, it's a weird parody film. Um, and then Tamara, played by Michelle Johnson, was also in that TV show Werewolf, Waxworks, which I will get on here one of these days, uh, Death Becomes Her, Murder, She Wrote, and a Tales from the Crypt episode called Split Second, all about lumberjacks, which is actually a really good episode. But uh, there's a bunch of other people in here, but they're literally there to just get killed. So I didn't put any of the fodder <laughs> in here. And they all have weird names, like like Trotter is <laughs> the one guy's name. It's like, I. But uh, for anyone who hasn't seen this, the basic plot is a madman who believes he's a doctor comes to the town where his crazy father was killed. He soon begins murdering people and then becomes infatuated with a teenage girl with a heart problem, just like his late mother. So it's a very strange plot that goes all over the place, but it is what it is. Uh, We open with the quote uh, from Hippocrates, uh, for extreme illness, extreme treatments are most fitting. Then we get this amazing title card where we see like the freaking um, like the life monitor, like the little boop, 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 little little thing Mm -hmm. as it's going across the screen. The letters of Dr. Giggle starts filling in like it was like a random I, then a G and then an R. (laughs) Like I laughed so hard when it finished spelling Dr. Giggles. And then there was like a brief pause and then they put the little period after the R. I don't know why that struck me as so funny, but I couldn't stop laughing. I'm like, this is just fucking dumb, but fantastic. Because it it tells you like, buckle up, buckaroo. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a weird one. Yep. But then we get that really early 90s computer animation that I've actually become nostalgic for that. It's so it's almost like. Maurice, I know, I know you'll know what I'm talking about, but the, it's like that old Beast Wars animation, <laughs> mm-hmm. where it's like it's so bad, it's kind of endearing now because it's been so long. But we see the interior of an artery and like blood moving through it. It eventually leads up to a heart, and we see a scalpel cut into it, and we pan out where we see Doctor Giggles in a surgical theater working on a patient in front of an audience. The patient dies, he reaches for a bone saw, and begins sawing into them whilst giggling. This is the first example of horrible special effects that have not aged well. Oh, God, no. No, because it wasn't even, like, CGI. This was, like, straight up, like, the opening to a 90s CD-ROM video game. Yes. (laughs) Like, it was really bad. Um, But we cut to security and administrative staff walking like through the halls of the the building discussing Dr. Giggles, how he's a genius, but a complete lunatic that thinks he's a doctor and he's escaped from his cell. We quickly find out that this is a mental facility. Uh, Dr. Giggles has escaped. He let out the other patients. Those were the people watching the surgery happening. And And there's a window licker. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. She was. She she was like, nom, nom, nom. The snowsberries taste like snowsberries. 
oh, it was ridiculous. But he he also killed another doctor. We then have this ridiculous scene that I fucking love. We see this nurse, and then suddenly this man's hands start rubbing her from behind. And she thinks... Oh, Dr. Phillips, this isn't the time. Someone will see us. And then she feels his hand and gets blood on hers. She turns to see Dr. Giggles holding Dr. Phillips' severed arm, saying, he should have kept his hands to himself. And then he giggles, and we get the female Wilhelm scream. Yep. (laughs) Which was fantastic. So we get a lot of those types of jokes, like the whole, oh, he should have kept his hands to himself, womp womp. That is just going to be constant throughout this movie. Like, you know the writer was just having a blast writing these. It's because they're bad. I had a blast listening to them. <laughs> what, Maurice? What? <laughs> oh, she wants to fight. <laughs> She's got more to worry about. She's got to worry about the Rams tonight. Uh-oh. All right. Shut up. <laughs> football fight. We're not here to talk on. about football. We're here to talk about Dr. Giggles. <laughs> None of that there foosball talk. Um, so... Dr. Giggles escapes and heads back to his hometown of Morhai. Now we... we can I just... Forward. Can I interrupt for one second? Go Morhai? Mm-hmm. Is Morhai high? It's so Morhai. is... It's Morhai high, and then Morhai high gets high. Yeah. It's Morhai high high. The actual next note I have is cut to Morhai high school. God, that's a mouthful. <laughs> and then Morhai high high. Morhai high gets high. Yep. That's say that ten times fast, boys and girls. <laughs> so we, we cut to the more high 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 school. Um, where we meet our colorful colorful cast of fodder. God, I can't speak today. Fodder. It's the high school from Scream if you got it on Wish, and the movie oh. would be called Squeal. <laughs> I you know, I'm glad you mentioned the Scream thing because I actually have a comment in here that was like, this is proto Scream. This was them attempting to do that that clunky 90s dialogue that no actual teenager spoke like, but it was in every teen horror and comedy where they all had just very strange, weird dialogue. And right. Scream does it well, where it actually works. Like, it feels like a conversation someone could actually be having even though your friends didn't talk like this. Whereas this, it's just very clunky and feels like a 50-year-old man wrote teenage dialogue. <laughs> and this is it? where we first meet a brawless Bev Bemkel, the Wish version of Nev Campbell, which is oh. Jennifer. Oh, gotcha. She even makes the Nev Campbell scream faces in the movie, like that puzzled look like, I'm not really sure what's going on. <laughs> the squinty-eyed look? Yes, she does the squinty eye look, and she has, like, the darkish toned hair, and it's straight, and with the bangs, and I'm like, that's that's if you got Nev Campbell on Wish. Uh, pretty much the whole cast is if you got the Scream cast on Wish. I like yeah. the, yeah, it, it would be called Squeal. So Squeal! Makes sense. But, uh, but yeah, we find out the school is letting out for the summer. And, you know, they're all going to go have a party at Breeders Hill, which, 
God. Like it was if if the name didn't give it away, they made sure to spell it out for the audience in case you weren't paying attention because they were like, oh, that's aptly named. It's like, yeah, we, we got the joke when you first said it. Just a prom but, night dumpster baby. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of prom night dumpster babies there. <laughs> but we cut to Jennifer at a doctor's appointment where we find out that she has heart problems. A pregnant. Valve. No, no, no. She has a prolapsed valve. Uh, the doctor tells her that they're unsure if they're going to need to operate, but it's really not a huge deal and is something that they handle all the time. But to be safe, no excitement, no caffeine, and no alcohol. And I wrote, good thing she's not a teen in a horror movie. Wait a second. <laughs> she's fucked. And it's not a prolapsed rectum or vagina. Thankfully. Yes. <laughs> I thought he was going to tell her... Uh, and. When he paused, I thought he was going to say no sex, but they didn't go there. That would well, be strenuous activity. Yeah, no excitement. So Unless unless Max is a... Oh my God, what was it from Friday the 13th Part 4? A dead lay? A <laughs> dead fuck. Dead fuck. Unless Max is a dead fuck. <laughs> well, we find out at the end he must not be because the heart monitor speeds up. <laughs> 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 So we cut to an old, the old abandoned house of Dr. Rendell. Which is Vecna's starter home. (laughs) It really is. And we see uh, Dr. Giggles in the basement breaking open a wall uh, where behind it we see an office door. And we cut to Jennifer walking past the old house and she hears some banging and stops to look and then bam, doggo jump scare. Where we meet Mrs. Henderson, a.k.a. (laughs) Proto-Karen. She's totally like the prototype Karen. She gets all up at Jennifer's face and then like grabs her heart monitor and is like, that's a funny looking Walkman. What is it? (laughs) Oh, she annoyed me. But Jen gets home and we meet dad and his new wife, Tamara, who looks like she's barely older than Jen, which is always creepy. But we get a little backstory here where we find out that Jen's mom passed away. She went in for a routine operation and died when uh, and, and died on the table, which is why Jen is so nervous about the possibility of having a routine operation for herself. So now we cut back to the Rendell house where we see Dr. Giggles in an office in the basement. He finds a picture of Rendell and we're treated to a flashback. We see little Dr. Giggles slicing up his stuffed animals and telling his dad how he wants to be a doctor just like him. Cut back to present day, Dr. Giggles wipes away some tears and says, this town murdered you, it's sick, and it must be cured. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So, the the Dr. Giggles flashbacks crack me up because they're trying to make us feel for Dr. Giggles. But it's like, yeah, it's just not working. Yeah, especially later on when you find that out. Right. (laughs) Like, find out what happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it was, uh, that kid is something else Oh yeah Evan's creepy That's I, I actually will give the movie this That one scene stuck with me for years um, but we'll What get... the scene that looks like the end of men Yes yes exactly <laughs> That one exactly <laughs> But suddenly our fodder arrives at the old Rendell house This is Stu, Diane, Trotter and Lee uh, Stu leads the way singing a little ditty about Dr. Rendell. Our uh, town's got a doctor and his name is Rendell. Best stay away because he's the doctor from hell. He chopped up his patients, every last one, and he cut out their hearts purely for fun. 
So the fodder does what fodder does best in horror movies. They go and poke around where they shouldn't and explain to the audience backstory elements that we need to know. Why does it look like it's the Candyman's lair? Because it came out in the 90s. There, there's very there's a lot of 90s isms throughout this entire film. And like, again, before you go into 90s isms, mm-hmm. it's light when they go inside and then it gets dark real quick. True. Well, it's also light when Stu and Diane leave and then it suddenly gets really dark. Right. And it's so. supposed to be like the beginning of summer. So, yeah. <laughs> so this was like seven hours later. But <laughs> what was it? Prom night. Yeah, exactly. Longest fucking school day ever. They had like four lunches. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, was it prom night or was it um, uh, freaking? Uh, oh god, I can't it, think of that. It was it was prom night with the longest school day ever. I, you know what I'm thinking of is um, uh, my bloody Valentine, where they're like they go for the long walk that seems to take all day. Yes. Where they're on the, the, they're like walking by the water and it like starts off at like noon and then it's evening suddenly. That's what I was thinking of. But yeah, you're right. In prom night, there's the longest fucking day ever. And still had time to get her hair did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they, they go poking around in the house and discuss the backstory elements. They, they talk about how Dr. Rendell was dragged out in the streets and stoned to death by the townsfolk after he had murdered seven people. They then came in after his son trying to kill Evan, uh, but he was missing. So, which is kind of fucked up when you think about it. Like, this mob justice dragged the doctor out, and then they were like, get his boy! (laughs) Come here, boy! That's kind of fucked up. But Stu goes on And he's only like 10, 10 or 11 at this point, right? uh, Seven, I believe they said. Okay. Because he was orphaned at seven. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) So... He was seven years old and they were ready to stone him. And then he got his rebirth. Wah, wah. Yeah. But Stu goes on to say how some say that Dr. Rendell cremated his son. Others say he ate him. But I think he's still here. Never left the house. Just grown up inside the walls. You know why he didn't eat him? <laughs> why is that? Because he's not as tender as baby. This is true. Also, uh, I didn't mention this at the top because I didn't have the uh, fodder listed in the credits, but Stu is also in a Tales from the Crypt episode. A lot of the people in this movie are in Tales from the Crypt. He was in, uh, I forget the title, but it's about making soap. It's something like 93 and a half pure clean or something <gasps> like that. Oh my God, I love that episode. You remember what I'm talking with the, the yes. artist? Yes, yes. Yeah, he's the the boy toy that the artist is fucking around with. The whole time I was watching this going, I know him from somewhere. <laughs> and then I looked him up. I'm like, that's it. Tales from the Crypt. Okay. He was the, the boy toy. Usually Tales from the Crypt or Murder, She Wrote. Yep. <laughs> and this this time of the 90s, it was a lot of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Because this was like when, when it was running strong. So, anywho, we immediately cut to the basement where we see Dr. Giggle suiting up as the doctor. So, like, you know, like he's still alive in the house. And then, boom, cut to Giggles. So, the fodder go about the house, knocking on the walls, looking for hollow spaces where Dr. Giggles might be hiding. And then Trotter and Lee go into a closet, and Stu slams the door shut and then jams it with a pickaxe, trapping them. He and Diane then run out of the house laughing. They're great friends. Like, hey, fuck you, buddy. Like, what the hell? But 
back in the Rendell house, Lee is freaking the fuck out, accusing Trotter of coming up with this whole plan to get them alone in the dark. And she, then she's like, if you get us out of here, you might get some. Well, yeah, I mean, it's so mixed signals because she's like, you could forget about getting any, any at all. I swear to God, blah, blah, blah. And then she just grabs him by the dick and she's like, of course, if you get us out. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. What? I feel like that. I feel like that happens a lot in the 90s movies. Oh, yeah. That, that happens a lot in horror movies, period, where it's just yeah, like, yeah, true. you know, grab him by the dick. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, my God. I'm getting a vision. You know that you know that video, Mike, because you recently sent it to me on TikTok. This is the way <laughs> I sit on you. Sit on you. <laughs> Gonna grab I your love... dick. Do, 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 do. Grab a dick. Do, 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 do. Grab a dick. That sounds like an early 90s like club song. Yep. Salt and peppers here. And we're grabbing dick. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, meanwhile, Dr. Giggles makes his way up to the closet, giggling all the way. <laughs> and I love this because, like, Trotter looks out the keyhole and you think something's going to happen. And then he reels, reels back, like, screaming, grabbing his eye. Lee's freaking out. And then he starts laughing because he fucked with her. And then you just see a syringe tip, like, poke through the keyhole, like, boop. And it pokes Trotter in the arm. And you know like, how you know how you know it's not going to get his eye. This isn't that? an Italian horror film. This is true, man. We we went to go see the Beyond at Terrorist. My God, the amount of eye trauma. <laughs> when I love that movie. You know I do. I know, but there's like five scenes of eye trauma. In that yeah, movie. it's great. But um, so he gets poked in the arm with a syringe, and then immediately starts like barfing up red foam. So he dies. Giggles gets in, refills the syringe, and comes at Lee. She screams, and we cut to Karen's house. She hears the screaming and goes to snoop around with her dog. She looks in the keyhole and sees Dr. Giggles peering out at her from the inside, and she runs off to call the cops. And his eye is fucking scary. Yeah, no, Larry Drake is genuinely a creepy dude. <laughs> like, he is. He plays some good creepos. <laughs> like, I love him as the evil Santa in Tales from the Crypt. Like, that's, that's such a great villain. That was a good one to pick to do for the podcast. Oh, yeah. But we cut to Breeders Hill, where we see a bunch of teens drinking and making out, including Max and Jen. Max brings out some booze. Jen turns it down, and he gets all butthurt. The cops then show up and scare the kids away to go to another party. Get off my lawn! <laughs> exactly. He, I love it because Magruder, the, the older cop, he's like, now your kids might be too old to remember or too young to remember this, but, and then he plays the parties over and he's like, get out of here. Go on. You damn horny teenagers. Get go on now. Get. <laughs> so the cops get a call that, that Karen called in a complaint about the old Rendell place. They write it off and uh, comment that she sees rapists in her hemorrhoid cream. So clearly she calls them a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, Karen's got a Karen. So we see her getting ready for bed putting out her meds, which we show a close-up of, and it's a red pill. She goes to let her dog in, and then when she comes back, the pill has turned blue. Dun-dun-dun. Morpheus visited her. Exactly. I wrote she's gonna go in the Matrix. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. So she takes the pill and gets in bed. That's where I put she takes the pill and goes to the Matrix. But And isn't they, her dog's name, like, something so, like, it's like Nancy or Ashley or something. Like she's like yeah. she's like Nancy, get in bed. And the poodle just goes and gets in this 
and I'm sorry, I have a dog, but that bed is really not big enough for that dog to sprawl out. Oh, no. It was a tiny little bed. It was like a cat bed. Yeah. Valkyrie would still be like, um, um. <laughs> Do not want. <laughs> but uh, so she she gets in bed and then immediately starts convulsing. She tries to call for help, but Dr. Giggles shows up and says, it's a good thing I make house calls. <laughs> I want to make this comment because it's something that we're going to see continuously through the movie. All of his doctor, like, apparatuses, mm-hmm. they're all exaggerated in size, almost oh. like you would expect a clown to have. Yes. <laughs> and I, I fucking love that because he pulls out the tongue depressor and it's the size of like my fucking foot. Right. But I gotta say, I love that shot because this is, this is still the age of practical effects. We were still doing things practically and we get a shot from inside of her mouth with him holding the tongue depressor down and looking in the mouth and how they did that was they built a giant puppet mouth that they could fit the camera inside of. So it's a giant oversized mouth And then they had this long, like, forced perspective, huge tongue depressor. So Larry Drake was holding the short side, but then it was, like, this huge side that was going into the puppet mouth. So it was the whole forced perspective shot. It it looks great. Like, it really does does look well. And, you know, for, for being all practical, just for this one shot, it's like, they sunk a lot of effects work into that one shot. It's cool. But... So yeah, he he ch- he checks her checks her mouth, and then he's like, hmm, "I have to look up your nose." And he pulls out this giant anal scope probe <laughs> with a pointy end. Oh god! <laughs> and then he just crams it up her nose, and you hear like this crunching. And again, great puppet head that he crams it up the nose of. And then he's like, "Hmm, I think I see the problem." And she's dying. See, I think that's very akin to the end of Friday, or no, I'm sorry, um, end of Nightmare on Elm Street, where Freddy's arm comes out and grabs the mom and pulls her through the window. Oh yeah, it's but it's for a- that that time frame, it's still like, and if you think about how like horribly awful, awesome this movie is, it makes sense. Well, and that's the thing. I actually have a soft spot for that type of puppety special effects, where it's like it's so clearly fake. But it's also somehow works. You know, it's like, I don't know if it's because it's that weird, uncanny valley, like it it looks real, but it doesn't kind of thing, you know, like where it's like, that looks like a person, but something's wrong. <laughs> so I don't know. I love it. But uh, the cops show up to the old Rendell house and we find out Officer Reitz is a rookie uh, who's not from Morehigh, while Officer Hank Magruder has been there his whole life. Uh, so once we blah, blah, blah. so once more, we get a bit of backstory while Magruder explains things to Reitz. Long story short, Rendell's wife got sick with a heart condition. The sicker she got, the crazier Rendell got. He became obsessed with trying to fix her heart. He began cutting out the hearts of other patients while they were still alive. And uh, it looked like like he was trying to find a replacement for her heart. So he comments that if they hadn't killed him, maybe he would have pulled off the world's first heart transplant. And um, Reed says ahead of his time and out of his mind, because, you know, he's he's the black guy. So they have to make him rhyme because, you know, 90s. Um, 
Then Reitz asks about Rendell's son, and Magruder hints that he knows something, but he's not talking. So we'll get we'll get to that later. On their way out, Reitz comments about smelling rubbing alcohol, and Magruder tells him it's all in his head. And then Reitz notices a piece of fabric on a nail and takes it with him, and they leave. So, you know, just because random piece of fabric in a dusty old house, like, hmm, this was weird. I'm going to take that with me. Because <laughs> cops got out. <laughs> Cop's got a cop. There you go. <laughs> so we cut to the carnival where we see Max and Jen on a Ferris wheel. She finally tells Max about her heart condition and about how her mom died. And I wrote, sad moment is sad. You can tell because the music switches to the very special moment music. <laughs> it's like that. La, it's an la, after school la. special. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. So Jen is sad and just wants to be alone. She apologizes to Max and heads home where she overhears her dad and stepmom bumping uglies, <laughs> which I got to say that part was kind of funny just because the look on her face. Give, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> right. uh, she then throws her heart monitor in the fish tank and goes and drinks, feeling sorry for herself because she sucks. So outside we see Dr. Giggles watching Jen through her window He's then distracted by Stu and Diane coming home across the street. They sneak in past Stu's younger brother, who's playing Dr. Mario, because of course he is. And he also looks sickly, like he has the bird flu or something. <laughs> he's just, he's got that like zombified child look that they always made kids have in the 90s. That's probably why Dr. Giggles doesn't kill him. I was going to yeah. say he Sorry, looks yeah. like a young Giovanni Ribisi, because Giovanni Ribisi has always looked like he has the flu. He still looks sickly. <laughs> like, bro, take some NyQuil. It'll be better. <laughs> so they head up to Stu's room to make with the hibbity dibbity. And now, okay, this entire scene is it's weird. It's fucked up. It's disgusting. <laughs> so weird. Because, okay, first of all, Stu pulls out lingerie that he says he swiped from his mom's suitcase before his parents left for vacation. So he wants to fuck his girlfriend while she's wearing his mom's lingerie. Yeah. I, I, we don't have time to unpack how fucked up that is. <laughs> yeah, my name is Sigurdman Freud. <laughs> that, he has an Oedipus complex. Come on. Clearly he does. But second, she tells him if she's going to wear something, he has to wear something too. And she hands him a condom, and he acts all dumb about it, like, oh, how do I put this on? Like, he just looks Where'd you get that? They were giving him out in gym class. Oh, I must have skipped that day. (laughs) So he goes to the bathroom. Oh, my God. Put it on? This is so fucking gross. He drops it in the fucking toilet, and he hasn't pissed yet. Yeah. He's not even hard. Thank you. That is what I was saying. I'm like, who? Okay. (laughs) maybe it was just done differently than what I'm used to. I mean, we, we were only what I was 13. You were 12. Maurice, you were 11. I mean, maybe times have changed. So maybe back in the early nineties, it was customary to go get yourself hard in the bathroom, slip it on, then put your pants back on. But I'm not, and I'm sorry, listeners, you two, I don't care. We fam. If I drop something in the toilet, like, accidentally, because all of a sudden, our dog is like, you got to shut the door and make sure it clicks. Because she's, like, all up in there, like, what are you doing? Oh, you're peeing? Okay. (laughs) 
which is Valkyrie doesn't do that anymore. Thank God. But if I drop something in the toilet, like just, I don't know, anything that you cannot, anything other than toilet paper. Mm. If I have, even if I have peed, reach in there, fucking fish it out and wash goddamn hands. Exactly. Instead, this scumbag takes a toothbrush and starts rifling around like he's given an oral exam. (laughs) But here's the best part. That was his toothbrush because that's his bedroom. (gasps) That's right. That's right. Because she, okay, thank you. All right. Now it makes more (laughs) sense because at first I was like, he's at her house. But then in a few moments, she'll be like, these people are fucking Eskimo, 65 degrees. Yes. Yes. They're at his house. Okay. So he fishes it out with his own toothbrush. Doesn't rinse the toothbrush off and puts it back, which is fucking gross. But again, who puts a condom on and then puts their clothes back on and then goes back out to fool around? Like, y- you put it on before the action happens. <laughs> also, I'll, right, because what if, what if you know, you need a, what if you need a tongue depressor to keep things going? Right. <laughs> but here's, done. here's a, I want to, I want to pose this question to you too. So okay. he finally fishes it out. It's filled with water and it's leaking. Not, mm. not just the tip. To see how it feels. <laughs> right. There's like two distinct holes. So did she poke holes in the condom to yeah, try and trick that. him? Or is his toothbrush, because you know how you can buy like different types of with the little black scraper on the back? Or like there's like medium soft and I don't know, like industrial bristles. <laughs> Did he buy an industrial bristle one and was like fishing around in there and it was like, whoop? Or were condoms not made as durable in the early 90s as they are now? Like, I think the gag was, oh, it was the free condom from gym class. It's bad. Okay. You know, and but... then there's me. I'm like, she poked holes in it. <laughs> she was trying to steal us baby batter. <laughs> that bitch. She well... wanted to trap him forever. It wouldn't matter anyways, because he's like, maybe she won't notice. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. As a woman, you know. Oh, I I would imagine. (laughs) You can, you know, if it's not there. And we'll, we'll just continue. (laughs) But I will say this is also fucked up on Diane's part, because after she gets dressed up in his mom's lingerie, she then immediately starts yanking pictures that he has up on his mirror, starts yanking them off and throwing them over his shoulder going, Ugh. like you're just tearing his shit down. Like you don't care. I was like, this ain't your room. Well, they should be pictures of her in his mother's lingerie. I think up they, there on the vanity. I, I think, think they, they were, were pictures of her, of her though. That's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It was weird. But so Dr. Giggle sneaks in while they're getting ready And then Diane complains about how cold it is and goes to check the thermostat. (laughs) Dr. Giggles grabs her and puts his hand over her mouth going, you'll catch your death of cold running around like that. He's like, here, let me take your temperature. And he tells her no screaming. And she listens. Mm -hmm. There's this random doctor in your house. And then he pulls out like this gigantic anal probe, which is actually it was like a, a thermometer. Road, it was like a road spike. It had a giant spike on the end of it. He's like, tongue up. Trust me, my doctor. And she listens. And he's like, I, I know the only, was it the only cure for the common cold? Which he doesn't 
tell us what it is. But then he puts the thermometer under her tongue and jams it in, spiking her head to the wall, killing her. Yeah, that's well, it. That's the, the cure. The <laughs> reason she listened is because she is a real submissive. Apparently. Well, this, some well, cra- this is some crazy S&M shit with no safe word. <laughs> she was wearing his mom's lingerie, so she listened to that. So, Oh, let's get past that, please. I'm going to be sick. So gross. But Stu decides, like I said, maybe Diane won't notice if he raw dogs her or not, and goes back out to the bed. He sneaks under the sheets, thinking it's Diane under the blankets. But surprise, it's Dr. Giggles, who says, I hope you have protection, and pulls out a scalpel. He John, he John Bobbits him. Right. And and I put in here, like, so he cut Stu's dick off. And we, we, we don't see it, but we see Stu laying in bed, bleeding from the dick. This is the fourth week in a row with dick trauma. And also, <laughs> what? He had to have cut him somewhere else. Like, there had to have been, like, a cut at the base of the brain and the back. We just don't see it yet. Because, like, nobody... Well, I actually, I don't know because I don't have a dick. Um, and I mean, look, I you spit don't... on your gra- I spit on your grave. Dude oh, bleeds out from a castration. That's true. That's true. but in ten seconds. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least when I spit on your grave, she sat there listening to him bleed out, screaming for right. like five minutes of the movie. And that was in like fucking warm water too. So that's gonna... yeah. Yeah, but he was, like, in bed, and I also love, like, the whole under-the-sheets thing, like, an eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Yep. Have have you both seen that movie? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that scene where he's, like, chasing her under the blanket. Mm-hmm. I just, I like that, I like that visual. They do the, the same thing in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, A New Nightmare. Yes. Where uh, yes. Nancy crawls under the blankets after her son, which I thought it was a, a very cool scene. But yeah, so this is literally the fourth week in a row. So listeners, if you're hearing this and you haven't caught up, uh, Guns Akimbo had plenty of dick shooting. Uh, Hobo with a shotgun has a dick getting blown off by the shotgun. Uh, April Fool's Day has someone, well, fake castration, but castration nonetheless. And now Dr. Giggles has a castration. I don't remember if our next movie has dick trauma, but I wouldn't be surprised with our track record as of right now. (laughs) We're doing Slaughter High next, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we then see Dr. Giggles watching the little brother play Dr. Mario, and he comments, Terminal, and walks away. Because, you know, it's the 90s, and playing video games rots your brain, and it's bad for you, you nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I hated that about the 90s. Oh, video game's bad. Meh. Like, shut up. <laughs> but... <laughs> We cut back to Jen's house. She's more and more drunk, looking through old photo albums of her family. She then gets depressed and leaves as Dr. Giggles comes in through the back. Upstairs, Dad and Tamara hear the door close, and Dad comments that he wants to go check on Jen and make sure she's okay. Tamara's an annoying bitch about this, who gets jealous that he wants to check on his sick daughter. I'm like, fuck you, lady. There's a shot. There's like one single frame of her face, and I was like, holy shit, she looks like that one ghost nurse in House on Haunted Hill with Jeffrey Rush. Okay. I'd have to rewatch that to to see what you're talking about. She's not. I paused paused the movie and I went on IMDb and I looked her through and I was like, all right, it's not on hers. And then I thought, okay, so maybe some, like once in a while, there'll be like a really tiny part actor 
that will only be credited on the actual movie and it's right. not her. But just like the look on her face was that same look as the one nurse. But see, anyway, for me, I always like every time I see her, I immediately think of waxwork because uh, she yeah. played like the, the rich snobby girl in waxwork that gets killed by the vampires. Yeah, Um. that's that's the first thing I always think of. But like, again, who gets jealous of like their, their spouse's kid? You a know teenager? what I'm saying? It's yeah, yeah. A well, child that's bride. <laughs> that See, is so, true. You know what? You know what we have here, friends? The real fucking bitch. This is true. <laughs> so, because he goes, he's like, "Come on, she's sick, and she just lost her mother." And she's like, oh, "You just lost your wife, and you got over it." Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Because you're you're a warm, like, crusty vagina. <laughs> You were going to say wormhole, weren't you? I was, but I wanted to try to keep it a little less NC-17. <laughs> oh, God. So dad goes to, to look around and he finds the heart monitor in the fish tank, the bottle of booze and the pictures and realizes that Jen is not okay. He wants to go look for her and Tamara pitches a fit about how Jen is trying to tear them apart. So dad's like, are you coming with me? And she's like, no. And he goes, all right, fine. So he leaves, and then Tamara pouts and eats an entire container of ice cream, because that'll show him. Also, right. when she took that ice cream out of the freezer, I think they need a new a new fridge. I think she took it out of the fridge and not the freezer, because I have a comment that was like, you know, ice cream works better if it's in the freezer. Was it in the fridge? I just, I maybe I wasn't paying that close attention, but when she pours it into the bowl, I'm like, that's a lot of soup. Yeah, it's 90% liquid. So. <laughs> so did it really happen to her what happens in the next scene with her Maybe. is that why it was mostly liquid but we'll get to that stay tuned indeed so back at the carnival we see corinne and normie that's a weird name um pick up max and take him to the secret party that everyone knows about in the fucking band room that <laughs> shit never happened in high school <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I was a band kid since sixth grade. That shit did not go down in the band room. Right. <laughs> so back at Jen's house, Dr. Giggles gets Tamara and pumps her stomach with some crazy bladed pump. It's pump like, that stomach. Pump, pump that stomach. Oh, pump that stomach. Two songs in one day. <laughs> Indeed. Instead of pop that coochie, get it? <laughs> I Oh, I got it. <laughs> But no, like he he shoves the tube down her throat, which is is creepy enough. But like before he does that, we see it's got like this weird spinny blade that comes out of it. It's like the blade on my ninja for when I make my protein shakes in the morning. Exactly. It's it's that weird, like multi pronged little spinner. But he puts it down her throat. And first you see all the ice cream coming up. And then he turns it on and then the ice cream turns red. But he, of course, he has to make the comment. He's like, I know, I know it sucks. And it's like, ah, come on. Wah, wah. At, so, at this point is when I'm like, okay, this is just. This <laughs> Maurice much. is like, I'm checking out. Maury, I can totally picture you, Reese, being like, all right, that's it. <laughs> and just like, like that's slapping it? your wow. knee, slapping your knee and being like, all right, fuck this shit. Oh, I slipped my knee along before that. <laughs> he paused it, got up, got a beer, thought about what he's doing with his life. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, 
So at the party, we see uh, Corrine is trying really hard to screw Max. We oh. get the saxophone blowjob joke. I feel bad for the saxophone. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's your it's your embouchure. Oh, why don't you show me? And then they, of course, start making out. And Normie gets annoyed and leaves. And then Dr. Giggles. What's that? I said Normie. What a name, too. Normie. Isn't that what um, Mary Jane and Norman Osborne named their kid in the comic? Normie? Didn't they call him Normie? <laughs> I honestly don't know, but that's funny. Also, look that up. Normie. You should look that up in real time so we have it on the podcast. But uh, Dr. Giggles finds Jen's monitor and information on her heart issues and has a, a flashback of his mom dying of a heart issue and dad just losing his mind and becoming a giggling loon, leading to little Evan becoming a giggling loon. <laughs> and then we cut back to present day where he's giggling and he wipes some tears away. So now he has he has a mission. He must fix Jen to make his father proud. So this is kind of where Act 1 ends. At this point, what are you guys thinking? Oh, fuck, that's only Act 1? <laughs> <laughs> so we know what Maurice is thinking. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I buckled up. I'm in for it. I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm slapping my knee and saying I'm out. Maurice is wishing Maurice is wishing that the, um, the harness on the upside down roller coaster was not secure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking very much forward to seeing what you think of next week's movie, Maurice, because especially the music, because the music is so absurd in that film. I can't wait to hear what you think. <laughs> but I don't know. Overall, I'm finding it. It's enjoyable because of the cheese. Like I've been giggling through this movie thinking like, OK, you know, this is dumb, but I'm having fun with it. Um, I don't like any of the characters, so that it definitely fails there. Because, like I mentioned in April Fool's Day, you know, even like the 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 worst of these slasher movies, usually there's one or two characters that you kind of like. But in this one, I don't really like any of them. <laughs> I think they're all kind of crap. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just I don't know. I honestly kind of like Doctor Giggles the best out of any of them. I was just gonna say that. Because he's fucking crazy. He can't right. help the way he is. Like, they all have free will. But he's also a rounded out character. Like, he, like yes, he's crazy, but we get backstory to find out why he's crazy. We see what crazy things happen to him. He has a goal, so he has a mission on what he's trying to do. Everyone else is just like, my life sucks. I'm horny. Meh. Like, that's pretty much it. So, I don't know. I, I, Sounds like a typical teenager. This is true. Life sucks, I'm horny, and I'm hungry. That's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Meh. All right, so Act 2. All right, the... before, we get, before we get to Act 2. What's up? Harry Osborne gets married to Liz Allen, and they name their kid Normie. <laughs> so it was in there. <laughs> yes. So Harry Osborne. I accidentally said Norman. I meant Harry Osborne. Okay, so Normie. Yeah. And Liz Allen have a baby named Normie. That's a weird fucking name, man. Yep. But uh, so act two uh, at the carnival, we see Jen looking for Max. She runs into Normie, who decides to bring Jen to the party so she can see Corrine and Max together. Uh, she breaks it off with him and storms back out to the carnival. 
So Dr. Giggles sees Jen. Jen sees her dad. She runs and hides in the house of mirrors, trying to hide from her dad. Max sees Jen and runs after her, while Corrine runs after Max. And all of them end up in the house of mirrors. Also, why is it so fucking echoey like in there? Yeah, this entire scene is very art fuck because it's like distorted reflections, echoes, like pictures over pictures type of thing. Like, you know, Jen's like, leave me alone, Max. It won't work out. And then we see Corrine's smiling face like ghostly over the other two. It's it's so bizarre. This reminds me, this is if you bought Suspiria on Wish. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So... We get, like I said, this whole funky scene of like, you know, Dr. Giggles walking around through the through the House of Mirrors. We see like three or four reflections at a time and Jen and Max arguing, Corrine running after Max. So she runs face first into a mirror trying to get at Max, (laughs) which is pretty hilarious. I'm going to mute myself to like impose myself. (laughs) So she ends up getting a nosebleed. Dr. Giggles finds her and tells her, you know, oh, it's okay. You just need a Band-Aid and then begins giggling. Soon after, Jed finds Corrine dead from a giant Band-Aid across the face. Oh, my God. And doesn't he say, he looks at her and says, it was ouchless. He goes, don't worry, it's ouchless. This will be any worse. Okay, so I have questions here about the big band-aid. Like, <laughs> would that first of all, like, why does he have that? Like the other things at least he could make. Like, it seems like he could fabricate these crazy instruments, which he does even say later he made some of the tools but didn't have a chance to use them. So this is like literally just an oversized band-aid, like Susie said, something a clown would have. But right. would you actually suffocate? Because the the pad is just gauze and you see the the comically large pinholes on the back of the band-aid because it's just like a real band-aid it has holes for airflow but they're massive holes so wouldn't you just wouldn't it be like breathing through a mask yes like, not if he stuffs not if he stuffed cotton up her nose but he didn't we see her nose <laughs> so like it's across her mouth and like the fuzzy parts are sitting on her nose <laughs> He stuffed more fuzzy parts down her throat and she aspirated on them. Immediately well, she, got aspiration pneumonia and died. She did like putting stuff down her throat. She <laughs> did. She did. <laughs> Plus, she probably fucking inhaled that reed on the saxophone. Ah, okay. So it's, she's running so around. She, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so she's dead. And like I said, Dr. Giggles pops up behind Jen and says, don't worry, it's ouchless. So Jen escapes. Max sees Giggles chasing her. She runs off into the woods, trips and falls down a hill where Giggles catches up to her and says, are you feeling any discomfort? She answers by clobbering him in the head with a rock. (laughs) Which I I did laugh at because he was like, it fell over. (laughs) He really did. (laughs) That's the rock. That's the rock she got at Halloween. Yeah, exactly. I got a rock, funk. <laughs> uh oh, we broke her. Keep going, I'm gonna mute. <laughs> so Jen escapes and runs she into laughs. She laughs like dastardly. <laughs> exactly. 
Butley. Come on. I just composed <laughs> myself, guys. It's the wacky races. <laughs> <laughs> Hanna Barbera. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, well, I'm, a, I'm on the Scooby Doobies. <laughs> Is oh. that what called? I forget. I think it was the Scooby Doobies, right? I man, it's been so long since I watched ra- Wacky Races. I don't even remember. Oh my goodness! Keep talking. I'm gonna consult the bones. <laughs> so Jen es- uh, escapes and runs into officers Magruder and Reitz, and she tells them a doctor is after her. So now we cut to the police station where Max is talking to the cops, trying to explain what he saw with Doctor Giggles. Of course, nobody believes him because you know they're the stereotypical angry '90s movie cops. You know, the the chief is clearly getting too old for this shit. And I love him trying to eat, uh, eat rice with chopsticks because it's so comically bad. He's just like stabbing the rice. And that's what Shane said. He's like, why is that dude trying to eat fried rice with chopsticks when he clearly doesn't know how? And that's the thing. It's like, if you know how it's doable, but he was not doing it. Mm hmm. It was really fucking funny. Oh, wait, I got it. I got it. The racers consist of the Slag Brothers, Rock and Gravel. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Gruesome Twosome, Tiny, quote, Big Gruesome, and Bella, quote, Little Gruesome. There's Professor Pet Pending, the Red Max, Penelope Pit Stop, Sergeant Blast and Private Meekly, the Ant Hill Mob, Lazy Luke, Peter Perfect, Rufus Roughcut, Dick Dastardly. <laughs> no, there were no Scoobies. I'm going to be Dick Dastardly. The the I I want to say maybe it wasn't Wacky Races. Maybe it was like the Laugh Olympics. Yeah, I was going to say it was might have been the Laugh Olympics. Or, was, or all like, right, Hannah Barbera. I'll All-Stars. look it up. Um. So yeah. So we get this whole back and forth with the cops. Uh, Jen's doctor says he's going to take her to his office to run an EKG on her. Meanwhile, Reitz is convinced that maybe Dr. Rendell's son actually is out there killing folks. So he starts to go off to investigate. Um, Everyone, of course, thinks that Reitz is nuts, but he corners Magruder and makes him tell him what he knows. Now we get another. Raising my hand. I got it. Go for it. All right, Reese, you're the Scooby Doobies. (laughs) Then there are the Yogi Yahooies. The really rotten's, and while well, they break them, and that's it. There's three. I'll be the okay. So Reese, you can be the Scooby Doobies. <laughs> I want to be the the really rotten's because I don't like Yogi Bear. <laughs> I, As, hey, Yogi Yogi Bear likes picnics, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But now we uh, know, and knowing is half the battle. Go, Joe. Indeed. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we get this this backstory, uh, like a little flashback now about when Magruder was just a young cop on the force. He tells Reitz uh, about what happened the night that Dr. Rendell was killed. So after Rendell was killed and uh, the search for his son was on, Magruder was left at the station with all the bodies of Rendell's victims. And moonshine. Moonglow. Moonglow. He's spooked, so he's drinking some moonglow. He hears. He hears a noise which sounds like giggling and goes to <laughs> goes to check on the bodies where we see Evan cut his way out of his mother. So multiple questions here. Number one, how the fuck was he sewn up in there to begin with? Because there was thank no- you, thank you. 
but he says what he was sewed up, sewn up in what was left of her corpse. So even if she was sewn up from the back, did did the doctor like shove him back up in her vagina? I don't know why I said vagina. <laughs> I just want to know how like a seven-year-old kid was able to fit inside of an adult because that is that was a that's a lot of person. I mean, it, think about it. All right, I listen to a lot of true crime. I love horror movies. What if he somehow took out like her ribs and her spine, like to kind of make room so it was almost like you know how Scooby Doo would like wear the coat and stand on shaggy shoulders, right? What what if it was something like that? And then That's, he cut his way out, like, at the end of Men. It's still freaky. Freaky t- as fuck. A tummy vagine. Oh, it, I mean, it's genuinely dumb, but it, it, it is creepy. It is. Like, when you see the, the, the ex, I almost called it an exacto knife, but the scalpel. When you see the scalpel, like, pop up out of the skin and start cutting across, and you see this blood-covered seven-year-old hissing and clawing his way out of his dead mother... It's fucking freaky. <laughs> like, that's the scene that stuck with me all these years after watching Dr. Giggles. But so we find out that, yeah, the, the Dr. Rendell sewed his son up in his mama. And uh, that's how he got him out of the house. Magruder passes out from shock. When he woke up, everything was clean again. And the woman was even sewn up like nothing had ever happened. So Magruder never told anyone because he thought people wouldn't believe such a crazy story and the fact that he had been drinking, so he didn't want to ruin his career. So basically, he's kept it with himself or kept it to himself all these years. So now we cut to Jen's house. Doctor Giggles is inside and overhears a message being left for Dad about Jen being with the cops, which is kind of fucked up because they're like, you know, oh she's here, she's safe, don't worry, but she's not. Because we already know the doctor was a Campbell or whatever the hell that her doctor's name was. Renda. Oh, no, her her doctor. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to take her to my office to perform an EKG. I'm sorry. No fucking doctor is doing that after hours without (laughs) getting paid. He's like, call an ambulance, get this bitch to the ER. Right. (laughs) But it's like. And then Mike's got to take care of that shit. (laughs) Right. But it's like, wait a second, like you're the the cop is flat out lying like your daughter is here. Oh, wait, no, she's not. She's across town at her doctor's office. It just doesn't make any sense. Can we just call him Dr. Rydell, like the high school from Greece? Sure. Why not? Okay. (laughs) So dad arrives home, checks his messages. First is the one from the police station. And then the second is from Dr. Giggles saying, hello, this is your new doctor. And I'm standing right behind you. He then attacks dad with a bone saw and he goes, you think that's bad? Wait till you get my bill. And Okay. So, so doctor. Sit in the house the whole time. Waiting yeah. for the message. Yeah. He was just like hiding in a cupboard waiting. Oh, the boy under the stairs. <laughs> it's so dumb. And all of a sudden you hear. <laughs> <laughs> dad's like what the fuck is that all right i'm creeping myself out now (laughs) so suddenly officer magruder shows up and finds dad laying on the floor injured doctor also he has no radio doesn't attempt to call for backup nope and he's clear like come on i've watched enough true crime 
cop, like SVU criminal minds, you always got to have the fucking flashlight with the gun. <laughs> he was fucking ill prepared, as is as is his protege driving up in his 1947 Ford F-150, if that was even a thing back then. Keep keep in mind though this this was a low budget '90s movie that, that wasn't in the budget for a flashlight. But we see a flashlight later. That's the only one they had in the film. Did it break when it hit the water? Probably. Is that why they kept reusing that that snippet of film? Yep. Oh damn! Oh. Sort it out. So. Uh, Magruder comes in, Dr. Giggles sneaks up behind him and stabs him in the back of the neck with a scalpel. Before he dies, he shoots Giggles in the side, injuring him. He says, you owe me 35 years of sleep. And then he shoots Giggles, who's like, he starts, like, happy giggling. I, I don't understand. Like, I've wrote it multiple times from this point on. Every time. Because he gets shot, like, in the side. And then, so Magruber, no, that's an SNL skit. So <laughs> Magruder falls down dead. Wait. And then. Is it Shooter McGavin? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So then Dr. Giggle says something like, oh, holy hell, or I don't know what he says, but. But the next thing we know, he's back in like the basement in the, uh, in the basement of Vecna's starter home. And he's like, water on the knee, operation, a thousand dollar fee, operation. And he's like, <laughs> it tickles. Yeah, no, he's, he, yeah, he's performing surgery on himself. And he's, he goes, oh, that's smart. <laughs> I love how to make it look like it's two different people. He has on like a glove, an ivory glove and a blue glove. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like nurse, give me suction. Well, and that's the thing. He's got a mirror on the ceiling and he's performing surgery on himself to remove the bullet. And once he, he gets it out, he sews himself up and then he goes, physician, heal thyself. And we cut away. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. <sighs> oh, boy. So back at the police station, uh, Reitz is trying to figure out what's going on. That uh, scrap of cloth from earlier comes back into play here, and he notices it has the word Terra Wood on it. So he looks it up and finds out that that's a mental hospital. And recently, a 42-year-old schizophrenic escaped, ID unknown, but he was orphaned at age seven. And he's like, hmm, this might be Evan Rendell. <laughs> so. Also, as he's searching, I keep thinking of that scene in Spaceballs. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Super Troopers. Enhance. Enhance. <laughs> exactly. But it's like the, the the huge dots he connects together and he's like, I know who the killer is. So he heads off to investigate Rendell's house. Max wants to go with him, but Reitz tells him to sit down and shut up. So once Reitz leaves. <laughs> okay, so Reitz, Reitz slams the door and then Max is like, oh, golly gosh, darn it. He's gone. No one's going to see me. Nope. I'm going to climb out the goddamn window. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's like, that's what you think. And then he does what every smart teen in a horror movie does and jumps out the window and goes to, to head off into danger. Because <laughs> that's what they do. So at the doctor's office, we see Jen getting her EKG. The monitor suddenly flatlines 
and her doctor runs over and tells her they have to operate and straps her down. Suddenly, the doctor is Dr. Giggles. He cuts her open and reveals her heart. She wakes up screaming. Her doc comes over and tells her everything is fine. Well, at least up until the nightmare, you know, your EKG looked great. I have a question. Yes. Has she met Dr. Giggles before this? I don't believe so. I don't think so. How did she have a dream about him? Well, because he chased her in the funhouse. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, she 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 did, she saw him. Okay, I forgot about the funhouse part. They didn't have a proper introduction where he wasn't like, (laughs) hello, I am Dr. Evan Rendell Jr. She's like, hello, my name is Jennifer. My mother died in a routine operation. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, so she has the, the nightmare. Her doctor was like, everything was fine, and you know, until the nightmare. Um, and then he goes, I think you'll be just fine. Suddenly, he's stabbed in the back by Dr. Giggles, who says, if I were you, I'd get a second opinion. Meh, <laughs> meh. Jen's doctor then stabs Dr. Giggles in the leg with a pair of scissors. And he grabs some random metal instrument that he pulls out of the opera, or pulls out of the patient table like a sword. Because, like, what what is that? (laughs) In reality, the way that he pulled it out, I would think that, in all logic, the operating table should have, like, collapsed. Right. (laughs) And she should have done a backward somersault. It looked like a very important piece to that table. Yes. Yes, it did. But then Dr. Giggles pulls out one of those reflex mallets from his doctor bag, and they have a sword fight with medical tools. And he, like, bonks him on the head. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, reflexes seem fine. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was cracking up at that. Reese, I I don't know how you don't find this hilarious. (laughs) I mean, I I laughed at a few parts. That was one of them. But some of them are just. It is is rough. (laughs) Oh, man. So he gets Dr. Giggles gets the upper hand on on her doctor. And then he pulls out a giant blood pressure cuff, wraps it around the doctor's <laughs> neck, and chokes him with it. So I have, I thought about this, actually, because I have, like, I'm I'm not a small girl. So I can't use the normal adult cuff. Like, I have, I'm just, I'm buff. No, I have big arms. <laughs> but when he pulled that out, I'm like, holy shit, that's like something that you would see on my 600-pound 600, 600 wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that is a big cuff. <laughs> <laughs> so he wraps it around the doctor's face or, or around his neck and uh, chokes him to death with it. Then the giggles. special effects, though. Oh yeah, it's like his face has like blisters all over it, like white heads like, that are gonna Doctor Pimple Poppers gonna come in. I think it was his veins. <laughs> like, I think that's what it was supposed to be. Uh, G- Giggles then drugs Jen and kidnaps her. And this is where act two ends. So what are you guys thinking at this point? This The hilarity is just getting more and more and more. I, I agree. It's getting more over the top as we go. I was going to say over the top. Uh, beyond redeeming, in my opinion. But <laughs> it has, I mean, it has its moments. But Why does nobody call for backup? Like they could have splurged and gotten one radio for the that could have been for the car. For mm-hmm. the for the old worn down cop and for the rook, it 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 really is crazy how how little per, how ill prepared this town is considering they had a mass murderer there once, <laughs> you know. 
You know what I'm looking forward to in Act 3? What's that? Our old friend Chekhov. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, honestly, at this point, I'm just kind of on, I'm in it for the ride. Like, it's it's dumb. I recognize it's a bad movie, but I'm I'm still having fun with it. And again, like I said, while I don't dislike this, I can understand why Maurice doesn't. <laughs> like, I get it. Um, but here's the thing. I get the distinct impression from this that they were really hoping for a franchise with this movie. If they made a sequel. Oh. What's that? I said, oh, yeah, they were. <laughs> if they made a sequel, what kind of crazy deaths do you think that we would have had? Because I'm convinced we would have at least had like a giant sucker choke choking sequence where it's like you passed your examination here have a lolly and he just jams it down their throat like see, i can see that it depending on when it came out that could have been a little too close to jawbreaker uh well jawbreaker was like what 97 i think it was 97 or 98 yeah so i mean this was like 92 or 90 yeah 1992 oh, okay okay so fair yeah enough. fair enough i mean if they did franchise it probably would have been like 95 by the time we got a sequel i mean brain transplant yeah, I feel like there there would have been some kind of, you know, uh, like Apple related thing, like maybe yeah. razor blades and an apple or something. Ooh, but, Halloween candy. Yeah, I just I feel like there were there were so many more uh, medical related <laughs> deaths we could have had. But anywho, going on to act three. So Reitz shows up at Jen's house and finds dead Magruder and injured dad. Dad tells Reitz a doctor did this, further proving to him that it's Rendell's son. Back in the Rendell house, we see Giggles getting ready to perform surgery on Jen, declaring that she has a broken heart. Reitz shows up at the house and begins looking for Giggles, and we get Chekhov's broken stairs. Rickety-ass fucking stairs. Shane, do you want a bottle of water? I need to get my ass off this rickety-ass bridge. You know why? I saw Dr. Giggles. Rickety-ass wooden shit is going to break. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Turn around. <laughs> I got proposed to. Poor Reitz. No, he did not get proposed to. <laughs> what? I told you the story of how Shane proposed to me. We went on a nature walk in Ellicottville, oh. and we walked across that bridge, and he was, like, going to propose to me on the bridge. Oh, and he was yeah, like, right. do you want a bottle of water? And I'm like, I need to get my ass off this rickety-ass bridge first. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, wait, what is, where is the story going? Sorry, actually, it's probably good that I explained it, because I don't know if the viewers, the viewers, the viewers don't probably know how I got engaged. But yeah, rickety-ass bridge, rickety-ass stairs, Reed's ain't getting proposed to. This is true. <laughs> so he goes down the, the rickety old stairs and finds the doctor's office in the basement. Uh, back in the in surgery, Giggles pulls out a bucket of hearts. <laughs> He's like, and then he plays Goldilocks. Yeah. Too big, too small, throws Just a couple other right. out. Just right. <laughs> and at that point, I was picturing him with like Nellie Olson hair from Little House on the Prairie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh just right so Reitz goes into the office and finds the waiting room filled with all the corpses of the people that Giggles has killed <laughs> that he, how he, the fuck did he get them all there he doesn't drive it's the same way Jason does it you know when no one's looking he just whoops his way through the forest carrying He's bodies like, boop, 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 boop. 
Because Jason does that. He uses the bodies to decorate the forest. So, you know. Okay, fair same enough. Same concept. But then Reach pukes up clam chowder. <laughs> so then he goes He goes looking for where Jennifer is. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about this for a second. So, okay, this is Vecna's starter home. It's big. It's a fucking mansion. A doctor lives there. So the doctor's office is in the basement of the house. Right. He's a single doctor with a single practice. How does he need 25 fucking exam rooms? And a surgical theater. Right. <laughs> like, he was like the doctor in season one of American Horror Story. He was doing uh, back alley abortions. Well, and that's the thing. Like, we see, like, how labyrinthine this basement is. Like, there, there's hallways that, like, these long brick tunnels. It's like, dude, what right. the hell? It runs under all of Derry. Right. <laughs> Exactly. I'm expecting Pennywise to jump out and be like, do you want a balloon? <laughs> now I'm thinking of that TikTok with the, I feel Puerto Rican in this hair. <laughs> oh my God. That, that I feel, Pennywise. I feel, I feel Puerto Rican in this hair. Puerto Rican. It's, there's, for the listeners who have no idea what we're talking about, there is a, a viral <laughs> yes, I'm worries. There's a viral TikTok of a guy dressed up like Pennywise putting on a brown wig and he's saying, I feel Puerto Rican in this hair. And it's fucking ridiculous. And then people have also done it like with their chihuahuas <laughs> yes. and cats and they make them into little mohawks. And it's just like, <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel Puerto Rican in this hair. <laughs> it's, it's fucking ridiculous, but I laugh so hard every time it comes up. Okay, so we've also educated our listeners today. <laughs> Indeed. So, in surgery, Giggles is gearing up to shock Jen to stop her heart so he can remove it and replace it with the new one. And he's got this, like, old jerry-rigged defibrillator set up with, like, foaming car batteries. I was going to say, and you can see the acid foaming yeah. out of it. It's like, <laughs> oh. So, it reminded me, my my cat Gracie... Rest her soul. She she was pretty old, and you both know that. But, mm-hmm. like, in the months leading up to her passing, she would sometimes leave, you know, tinkle where she had, where she right. was at the moment. So after she passed, Shane and I were kind of cleaning up cat toys and stuff. And she had actually peed on an entire, like, 24-pack of, like, AA batteries. Oh, no. And that is what it reminded me of because it was all white foam. And I'm like, oh, Gracie was there. (laughs) Exactly. But again, we get one of those dumb one-liners because he goes, you may be having second thoughts, but when you wake up, you'll have a change of heart. (laughs) (laughs) So he shocks her, stopping her heart, which also makes the electricity in the entire house go out for a second. So Reitz makes his way back to surgery to stop Giggles before he cuts into Jen. Giggles yells, have a heart, and throws a heart at him. And I, I will admit that I cracked the fuck up at Yeah. It was so dumb, but man, it made me laugh. So he uses the little zappers again to make the lights go out. When they come back on, Giggles is gone. Reitz performs CPR on Jen, bringing her back. Meanwhile, Giggles is hiding into like closet saying... 
time to do what doctors do best. And he grabs a golf club. But first he picks up one club and he looks at, he's like, uh-uh. and then picks up another one. Right. <laughs> like a putter. I don't, I don't <laughs> golf. So I don't know what they're all called. So. Uh, so Reed's checks to make sure the coast is clear. And Max shows up running to help Jen. The three of them start to make their way out while the lights shut off. They find they're locked in the office and then Giggles pops up out of the crowd of corpses and clobbers Max and Reitz with the golf club. And I love it because he bashes Reitz like through a window. Like he literally lifts him off his feet and sends him through a window where he drops his gun. And the, the golf club is like bent in half and he goes, hmm, should have used an eight iron. <laughs> right, because it was a nine iron that he took, I think. Right. Yeah, it was a nine iron. <laughs> but... So, uh, like I said, Reitz had dropped his gun. Giggles gets it. Reitz runs and Giggles chases after him. Meanwhile, Max and Jen try to escape. And, of course, Chekhov's stairs give way. So now they have to climb out. Um, Giggles shoots Reitz, hitting, uh, hitting the homemade defibrillator and causing a fire. Giggles yells, I haven't discharged you yet. <laughs> As they fight in the burning room. Reitz gets a chain around Giggles' neck and starts choking him, but Giggles gets his bone saw and kills Reitz. So, bye-bye, Reitz. Max climbs upstairs and is pulling Jen up when suddenly Giggles shows up and grabs her, yelling, I've never lost a patient, Jennifer! And she boots him in the face, and he goes landing in the corner. She pretty and much goes rock climbing in bare feet. Like, she takes her toes and, like, punches through, like, right. the cement. <laughs> and like climbs up because at first like because I haven't seen this movie in so long I'm like why the fuck is she like pushing him up like why is she pushing hoisting his ass why is he standing on her shoulders and then I'm like ah yes 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 because he's got to be able to pull her up because yep. her broken heart can't pull him up yep and we also have to have the whole giggles grabs her moment so you know yeah. they have to have the dangly feet but so she, her and, and, uh, and Max get up as the house is burning. We see fire reaching closer and closer to some oxygen tanks in the basement and then suddenly explodes, sending the stuntmen dressed as Max and Jen flying out the door. <laughs> house go boom. You ever notice how many, uh, how often 90s movies end with explosions or things on fire? Yeah. Like, just off the top of my head, Dolly Dearest, People Under the Stairs, uh, Demon Knight, Event Horizon, Candyman, Freddy's Dead, Child's Play 2, Arachnophobia. All of these end with explosions or huge fires. Yep. Like that That's just a 90s staple. Trope. Let's say it's a trope. Indeed. Yes. But so we cut to Jen at the hospital. We find out that she's what she's been was or what she's been through has been too much for her heart. And uh, they have to operate ASAP. So she's going into surgery. She's prepped for surgery and is starting to be sedated when suddenly blood starts seeping under the door. The nurse goes to check and sees the blood trail leading out to several dead bodies in the hall. She's then grabbed by burned hands and yanked off screen. <laughs> A very burned Dr. Giggles comes into surgery. The doc goes, who the hell are you? And he goes, I'm her doctor. And then proceeds to pull out a bunch of ridiculous homemade instruments. Okay. They're like medieval torture devices. Okay, this, is, this is where it gets really stupid. Like, the, how fucking dumb is this doctor? Thank you. <laughs> I like, wrote, why you is he who your there? Co-workers are. 
the guy is all fucking burned, but yeah, he, yeah. This he just the doctor you work with. <laughs> he just stands there watching him, going, "What is all this?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <sighs> have anyone in that movie that deserved to die? It's this guy. <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> But Giggles pulls up the one. He goes, what is all this? And he goes, oh, it's some tools I made myself. Of course, they haven't been tested. And then he just uses one to stab the doctor in the face. And he pulls it back, and it's just blood and his his glasses. Like, right <laughs> right through the lenses. Yep. So, after he murders the surgeon, he comes after Jen. She frees herself from the table and runs to a supply closet, locking herself in. Giggles, breaks, or Giggles follows and breaks in. She throws some bottles of water on the ground around his feet and then uses a defibrillator on the water, electrocuting him while he giggles. He then topples over, seemingly dead. Jen attempts to escape, but of course he grabs her. He pulls himself up, saying, I don't feel well. And suddenly Jen is holding his two instruments, which were clearly on the other side of the room a second ago. So how did she get them in her hands? Because you literally see them laying on the floor, she walks past him, and then she has them in her hands. She's like, a Jedi. I was going to say, did she fucking use the Force? Like, what yeah, happened? Yeah, she's a Jedi. But she goes, take two and call me in the morning, and then stabs him in the chest with both he of goes, his Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> and then falls over impaling himself on his tools. I will admit... That thing where he look, he breaks the fourth wall and looks right at us. It's dumb as fuck, but it, it's funny. Like, I laughed. And then, but wait, there's more. We, we cut to Jen waking up in a hospital room. Her dad and Max are both there. Everything is happy and okay. We know that because of the soft music that's now playing. Yes. <laughs> Max leads in for a kiss. We pan over to the heart monitor, which speeds up credits the end okay i got shit to say about that very last moment <laughs> oh how quickly forget that he's a lying fucking scumbag yeah a cheater <laughs> he just wants to get his dick wet <laughs> but it's something's okay going wrong five in the moan something's going on let me smell your dick <laughs> exactly but see it's okay because corinne's dead so he has no one else to cheat on her with <laughs> there's normie Ah, uh, Normie wasn't interested. She was too Normie for him. I think Normie was more interested in Corrine. So. <laughs> but yeah, final thoughts. Like I said, I I don't think it's a bad movie. It's entertaining, but it's absolutely a shut off your brain. And like, it's a popcorn horror flick. It's not anything to write home about. It's nothing exciting. It's just dumb fun. Yeah, I agree. That's all I got to say. I mean, if you haven't seen it, I think you sh you should watch it at least once. Yeah. I mean, uh, if it's on or I'd watch it again, but I'm not going to actively seek it out. Right. Uh, I'm usually a fan of dumb fun, but <laughs> this one didn't do it for you. No. <laughs> not See, now, at all. It definitely was very 90s, though. Like, if, if you look at, like, the styles, like, the styles of dress, the hairstyles, just the way the film was made. Like, it had, it felt like other films like Sleepwalkers and The Dentist and other films that came out around this time. Like, it's it's very rooted in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. It's like a little time capsule of a movie. Um, 
But yeah, as far as trivia goes, there's not a whole hell of a lot, but I, I did have to laugh at this because you guys know I like to pick the also considered for the role. Was uh, Sylvester Stallone and Arnie? No, no, that those are, I'll get to the giggles one, but Jennifer Aniston and Ashley Judd both auditioned for the role of Jennifer. I highly doubt that. Um, <laughs> like maybe, maybe Jennifer uh, Aniston. Because I was going to say she was in Leprechaun. Yeah, I was going to say this was coming off Leprechaun, so she might have. Yeah, this was that era. I w- I'm forgetting the year it came out. So yeah, I, I could I could see her, but Ashley Judd was already doing better things at that point. Um, <laughs> for Doctor Giggles though, uh, Matt Frewer, uh, so Max Hedrum, um, uh, uh, and Ted Danson. I don't think either of them were considered for this, <laughs> but according to IMDb, they were. That's some shenanigans. Yeah. Um, one thing I did find interesting here, though, is that the director, Manny Cotto, uh, revealed during an interview that the MPAA had told him that he had to cut a ton of the movie to get an R rating. Uh, so they had to cut out a lot of the gore. And it makes sense because at the time that this came out, the MPAA was really like fucking over horror movies. Uh, most most uh, legendary is, is Leatherface, the third Texas Chainsaw, which had a ton of cut out of it because of the MPAA and this was around the same time frame so they in, in fact there's um oh god I forget the documentary is it red I think it might be red white and blue an American horror story um there's a great documentary that talks about horror in America and they talk about in the early 90s how the MPAA just had like an, a, an axe to grind with the horror genre and they weren't letting like anyone get away with anything. And it was very frustrating for a lot of horror directors at the time because they had to keep chopping their films apart. And it is true. Like if you look at the early nineties, a lot of horror movies at that time didn't show you much of anything coming off the heels of the video nasties of the eighties. So I feel like there was like a buck back uh, because of like how graphic movies got in the eighties, they were like, we're not going to do that in the nineties, you know? So I just found that interesting, <laughs> but o- overall, it, it, not a ton of trivia. Um, but uh, bef- before we wrap this up, we should probably get to our social media. So if you're not following us on Facebook or Instagram, we are the boogeyman's closet on both. And Maurice handles our Twitter. What is that good, sir? At boogeyman's the, Thank you very much. Uh, we also have a Patreon, which I just updated uh, a bunch of. We were a little behind on that due to uh, my having computer issues and then having COVID. Uh, I have been behind on a lot of the stuff for the podcast. So I just updated that. Um, we will have the uh, August Patreon exclusive episode up probably before you hear this, hopefully before you hear this. And then the September one will be a little bit later. But uh, we are also part of the Rad Pantheon Network. If you guys like this podcast, definitely check out radpantheon.com or Rad Pantheon on all the socials, uh, where you will find other podcasts similar to this, as, lo- as well as a bunch of artists and musicians creating some cool stuff. So definitely check it out and uh, just follow the various plethora of, of Rad Panthers on the Rad Pantheon. Um, would you next- say we have a plethora? I would. <laughs> oh, El Guapo, I am not as smart or as handsome as you. I love that movie. Me too. <laughs> but for anyone who likes to watch our upcoming episode, uh, or our upcoming movie before we record, our next episode is going to be 155 Slaughter High. Uh, very interesting slasher movie. 
also surprisingly taking place on April Fool's weekend. So we have another theme this month with April Fool's. But um, all right, guys. So uh, if you don't have anything left to say here, I guess we can wrap this up. We all good? Yep. Yep. All right, guys. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at the Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Thank you.